Welcome to the Talks with Meg podcast, where we will talk about the Catholic faith and discuss how to live the most authentic life possible here on earth while striving for heaven. Join me bi-weekly as I dive into topics such as prayer, relationships, and those funny, humbling moments. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Talks with Meg. Today I have my friend Grant with me. Um, he's going to talk a little bit about one of his fun new projects he's doing. Um, so I'm going to let him introduce himself and introduce his fun little page and project and we'll go from there. Awesome. So welcome Grant. Hello Megan. I, I First off I want to thank you for inviting me to um, on this podcast. I This um, project has been a very um, interesting project, learning about the histories of all the smaller churches. Um, but first off, I should head up on explain who I am. Um, my name is Grant. I live in West Central Ohio. Um, born and raised Catholic. Um, and I guess um, to explain a little more about this pro- project, excuse me. Um, I've always been interested in history. Um, History has been my go-to, and seeing, I come from a town of 200 people, and the (laughs) church church we have is, holds 600, so in my head, how does this big church get into a small community like ours? Mm -hmm. I've always been interested in, like, the histories of that, and then I've always had um, old photos of churches. My grandpa would um, collect postcards. Oh, of so the cool. churches around here, and he'd give them to me, and I've always been, I guess, interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always knew our area as um, the land of the cross-tip churches. Um, that's the Fort area county. Um, yeah. Um, the What really got me going on this project was people asking for these photos, um, wanting to know more about their local church history, and made me dive more into it. Yeah. And then um, there's been a Facebook page going around called Churches of Ohio. They yeah, do, yep. They do um, every church. They do Catholic, um, Protestant, um, every church. They want to try yeah. to do every church in Ohio, which I can't handle that. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm just kidding. That sounds like a lot. Like, bless them, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of my project. Um, my Facebook page. Awesome. So yeah, it's called Making You Making of the Land of the Cross Tip Churches. Yes. yes. Okay. It's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> awesome. So yeah, you guys can go find that. I'll put it in the show notes too. Um, it's a wonderful page. Uh, Grant's going to talk a little bit more about the project, but I highly suggest liking it, finding your church on there, or maybe your church is to come yet. Um, a lot of great history, a lot of old photos, and we love it. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, so I guess my first question is, what encouraged you to start this project? So, um, kind of what I said before, um, the Churches of Ohio was the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends told me, hey, I should do that with the churches in our area. I was like, I can't handle that. That's a <laughs> lot. I'm already busy with different events I'm a part of. Um, but then, like... I said, having all these historical photos, people were interested in them. Um, I thought, I can do one a week. That's fine. I can push it out. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of fell, snowballed from there. It 
yeah, try to explain more of why we are called the land of the cross to churches because that's kind of how it paved with our paved through our area. Yeah. It just snowballed from there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of people who follow that page and a lot of people shared the stuff on that page, which is so cool. Um, and you like give little histories about the churches, even like some of them like being burned down or just like even crazy. <laughs> there have well, the one story I remember reading and the story I'm going to say, it's all based on rumors, but there's <laughs> no it. one been to prove it. But, um, there's two churches in our area um, Holy Family in Frenchtown and then St. Remy and Rushi. Mm-hmm. They were both built, founded at the same time, and they were had a competition on who could build the first church. Huh. And the prize was a keg of whiskey. As a it full, would be. A full yeah. barrel. A full barrel of whiskey. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not surprised that's the French. <laughs> the French and the German. Um, ultimately, um, Holy Family in Frenchtown won that. Um, bet. But yeah, there's been stories like that, like you, churches burning down, churches, um, the um, parish councils talked about building a new church and God just strikes uh, <laughs> lightning on the church and they that's how they decided to build a new church. There's stories like that. It's Those are the stories that kind of make me want to keep going with this project because yeah. it's interesting. It's a little like, hey, did you know about this church? Or the little um, um, like my church, I guess. In yeah. A sense. It, yeah. It's been interesting. Oh, I'm sure some of those stories have to get pretty interesting, and just even researching. Like, do you so with those postcards you were talking about? Do they have information on the postcards too, or have you done most of your research? Most of the research have been, has been done by. Um, each parish, they have a uh-huh. historical book, but the postcards have some information. Okay. Um, some of the postcards I found um, go from all the way from early, like 1900 to now. Wow. Um, one of the big things I've used was um, Miami University has a whole page just on our churches in our area. Um, and <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's interesting because you get to see what the churches looked like before before everything everything changed oh that's so cool awesome so i guess too my next question would be what was like your biggest god moment or like how have you seen god working like through this for you to share these things or just little things like that mm-hmm. um i guess the god moment it really hit me like posting a few of these churches that the, some of the comments have been, my great-great-grandpa built that church, or yes. um, my grandpa, or whoever, they built these churches, and if you look at how much um, they paid for these churches back in the day, <laughs> like, it's not even half of what it's worth now, because of all the donated labor, wow. all, all donated um, bricks, mm-hmm. everything was done here, it wasn't like, now we get everything shipped from overseas, yeah, yeah. shipped everywhere. Like, St. Charles, all the bricks on the outside of St. Charles was made by the seminarians. That's just crazy to me. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, that, and then, like, 
all the different symbolisms that we see in the churches. Um, mm -hmm. One church, like I really hit on, would be like St. Francis um, Cranberry. Um, like all the intricate details of the stained glass windows. Yep. And then looking at the paintings, if you look up on the ceiling, um, all it has different symbols. Of the I don't thing. know if I've ever done that. <laughs> I like that's one church. Um, Saint Joe and Walpock has the same thing. They and most of the stained glass windows. If you look in the top of the stained glass windows, there's usually a circle uh -huh. with a symbol of the faith. Okay. Yeah. Now that you say that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And like, just to think. Those little intricate details were put into our churches. Like, to me, yeah. the little things huh. like that have been interesting. I'm sure. Like, mm. even thinking about that. You and I grew up in the same parish. So, well. Same. Yeah, yeah the same parish. <laughs> same parish. Families. Yeah. Um, you went to Burgett's. You have gone to Burgettsville and I went to St. Henry. Um, but it's even just crazy in our family of parishes how different our churches are. Exactly. And then now, like, working for St. Joseph Pillar families, there's a whole bunch of different churches, and they all have different, they all look different, and it's mm -hmm. just, yeah, that's so cool mm -hmm. to see all of that, and you really get to look at that. And Yeah, and it's, like, I've given tours to a few people before of oh, explaining yeah. um, some of the stuff in the churches, why it was put there, and some of the churches, I'm going to say pre-Vatican II, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it now. It is. <laughs> um, but some of the churches pre-Vatican II that weren't hardly changed, like the steps leading up to the high altar. Yeah, there were seven steps. Seven steps is the perfect number. Seven. Like the the different little details like that. Huh. Like if you sit down and just look, everything like means something. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Never thought about that before. That's so yeah. It, it, it's Every interesting. little thing, seven steps. Mm -hmm. I that's the first time I've ever heard that, which mm -hmm. is like crazy. Someone yeah. else would probably be like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, you didn't know uh, that? I didn't. I didn't know it till just doing this project. <laughs> that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, what has been like the coolest thing that you've found out about? Like, do you have like a fact about a church that's your favorite, or there's, there's too lot. many? There's too many. <laughs> um. I guess, like, um, oh, how did it go? I put you on the spot. I'm no, sorry. it's okay. <laughs> this is good. It makes me think, um, after doing 31 churches so far. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it's been that many already. Yeah. 31 will be on Christmas, so. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the first one I did would be St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Mm -hmm. It's called the Mother Church, and oh, then you gorgeous. have the daughter. It, it's gorgeous. Uh, yes. But one thing I never knew um, when doing this research for St. Augustine, they actually, the sanctuary was not the sanctuary when it was first built. The sanctuary sat where the doors would be entering. Oh. So they flipped the church um, in 1900 when they were redoing the roof. Huh. And that's when they added the... Um, bell towers okay yeah um speaking of bell towers and it's just kind of spiraled now <laughs> all the interesting facts um the bell towers bell towers weren't a big thing until the late 1800s early 1900s hmm. and you want to take a guess what church was the first church to have a bell tower that tall 
Saint Augustine. No. Saint Aloysius. Saint Aloysius. Mm-hmm. Saint Aloysius um, Carthagena. So, the reason for that is the the people who built these churches, uh-huh. um, the De Curtains. Um, if you look up on on the internet, it'll explain they built like twenty of these churches around the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and Saint um, Saint Aloysius was their main church. Huh. So they wanted to make it something special. They yeah. built that with a bell tower, and then everyone else kind of remodeled their churches after St. Aloysius. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, like, you learn different things <laughs> like that. It, it's interesting. Like, to me, I find that interesting because then they can have that, like, little pride of, we were the first one with a bell tower. With a bell tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't the tallest at the time. It's, it wasn't. It wasn't the tallest. It, it was wasn't. Just, it was. I just mean, they had a. But so they did have bell towers, but it wasn't as tall. Okay. Every church, um, if you've been to, um, Frenchtown Holy Family. I've seen it. I've never like been in it. That's but... okay. So their bell tower is short. Yes. So that's what they call what, a frame church. Okay. It wasn't modeled after any type of architecture, like. St. Henry would be Gothic. Yep. St. Bernard would ro- be Romanesque. Um, Holy Family um, was just a frame church. So the bell tower was short. Huh. It rang bells before Mass so everyone can get to Mass, but it was never super tall until St. Aloysius built theirs. Interesting. <laughs> I love that. Also, the like different styles of the churches. Mm-hmm. Never would have. Like St. Henry's Gothic, which, yeah. But, I mean, you walk inside and it's more modern than modern gets. <laughs> yes. But it still has... But the, it still has its it little... It still has things. its little quirks. Um, but gothic will always come to a point. Okay. If you want to... There's only three types of churches in our area. It's gothic. Gothic comes point. Very pointy. Okay. Romanesque. Salina. Um, yep. St. Bernard. It's very curved. Mm-hmm. They have the dome where it's curved in the yep. sanctuary. Um, yep. And then you have what they call the Greek Revival Church. There's only two churches that way. It's very similar to Gothic, but more um, square. And okay. not where it comes to a point like um, a triangle. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Now I'm going to look at that every time I go to different <laughs> churches. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what has been one of your biggest challenges, like doing this project, using technology, finding all everything, or just in general? So, I guess, um, some of the problems I've had with it is finding some of the histories for these smaller churches. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the one church I'm really struggling with would be, um, ooh, um, Immaculate Conception of Bakken's. I mean, oh. it's a small church, and it's a the church they have now is very modern. It's very uh-huh. new. They just built it in the 60s. But nowhere on the internet is history. There's no pictures. There's nothing. So it's kind of hard to find some of the smaller churches and their history. The more, I guess, west you go, it's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Joe, um, Wendelin, all those yeah. smaller churches. Like, I'm from that area, so I know oh, how to some, network. Yes, yes, I know how to network through finding some of those. I might areas. have some connections for you in Botkins. Oh, I do have good. a connection for you. Father Sean. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would be great. We can, we'll get that set up. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. Um, yeah, I could see that being hard, too. Because, like, for us, in our area, we have 
like cold water, Holy Trinity with Lothia, we have all like in St. or in like Mary Hope a Christian. So it's like Fort Recovery, Cold Water, St. Henry mm-hmm. are just so close, close to each to- other where it's like you know someone that knows somebody. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and like I guess like with the bigger churches, you bigger churches and I guess some of the smaller ones, people did take pride in their churches. They yeah. wrote histories. Like with my home parish, St. Bernard. Like, I found an old 1924, like, the Golden Jubilee book. Like, old paper, old print. It, like, it's you'll so find cool. some of that, but it's so hard to find it. Because sometimes people don't take too much pride in their church. Mm-hmm. Or they don't... Stuff like that's not kept. Yes, exactly. Like, because there's already... I guess, like, my perspective is there's already so much... Like, there's only so much stuff you can keep. Yes. Like, being a church, having archives and different things like that. <sighs> Um, I think some of our younger priests, though, now are like, yes, let's, let's keep this and, like, let's look at this. Like, mm. I found in our attic a bunch of old pictures of St. Peter and St. Paul. And my, our head pastor was like, um, please bring those back to the office once you're done with them. Because I, <laughs> I wanted to look at them and, like, whatever. I shared some with you. Um, but, yeah, they're like, we need these for our archives. And <laughs> exactly. That's what, like... Doing some of this project, you run into the historians that obviously don't have the Facebook page, but yeah. they want to learn more about their church. Uh-huh. And it's so hard to find any of the pictures because either the church don't have them, mm-hmm. um, none of the libraries keep them anymore. Like, they have one booklet, and it's usually, again, the big churches, St. Mm-hmm. Henry, yep. all those. But, yeah, it, that's been one of the challenges. And then... Like, with having so many churches to do. and <laughs> How many are there? There, are, So, on the official list, um, there are 32. Okay. There are 30, I believe, 32 churches. But I've expanded, like, Holy Angels was never a part of this list. Yeah. Um, um, Trinity in Trinity, Indiana. Okay. Um, Irish Settlement in um, Geneva. Um, churches like that. Um. They aren't a part of the 1979 list. Okay. Um, that's how we got our name, Land of the Cross Step Churches. Hmm. Um, but those were parishes that um, were essential um, for making the other smaller churches that were yeah. a part of the Land of the Cross Step Churches. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an official list or yeah. how many do you have on it? So. You said you've but you said you have thirty two. Well, the thirty second one will be posted. The thirty second one will be posted. I have in total forty one churches. Wow, that I'll be doing, and obviously, knowing me, a person who can't say no, <laughs> I will probably do more churches than I um, agreed to. But it's interesting, and I know I'll get bored not doing, not doing it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is that always how it goes. <laughs> you commit to a little bit, and then it's like. Actually, I could like do a little more, and mm-hmm. we'll see. And I, you get to find the other beauties. I mean, yeah, the hidden treasures, I guess I call them. Um, you see, one church I like, I really admire because it's one of the original churches of the Archdiocese, um, St. John's, um, and um, Freiburg. Oh, I don't like, think I've ever been to that. I highly recommend. Okay, it. it's a very <laughs> like 
I'm a person, I will always root for the smaller churches. Yeah. Like, the big churches are pretty. Don't yeah. get me wrong. There's yeah. nothing wrong with those churches, but the smaller churches, again, that Church of Frame Church, it was built in 1868, I believe. So it's one of the oldest churches, and it still has its unique beauty. It's been updated a little bit, mm-hmm. but it still feels like a homey church. Yeah. In a sense. Feel that way about St. Francis too. Mm-hmm, exactly. And like even in our parish of families, like speaking, St. Henry's parish of families, all the churches feel different and like look different mm-hmm. in that sense too. But yeah, the smaller ones tend to be. Not that I don't like my home parish of St. Henry, like mm-hmm. all of that, but like St. Francis and St. Wendelin mm-hmm. and St. Bernard and well St. Bernard I think would be considered a bigger it's uh, yeah. that and St. Henry, they're the bigger. Yes. But yeah, but, and then yeah, yeah the smaller they're, they're yes. more homey. The smaller churches that only hold two, three hundred people. Yeah, they have more of the homey feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I think all churches looked good. Yes, <laughs> like, they all yeah. So they looked. I will say, I, I <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna just say it. Um. Like when I did St. Henry's history. Oh, don't I, get I, started. I'm sorry. I this is one I did a tour with a few friends and I think I spent an hour in St. Henry just explaining like what they used to have, the the paintings. <gasps> I, I know it's the statues. The statues My mom has a postcard of what it used to look like. The high altar. And I'm like, What what were we doing? And I think our parish priests though, they they're like Oh, like, what happened? So, like, that's the one thing, like, I have one of the postcards that showed the High Older. Yes. That High Older actually traveled the World's Fair in the early 1900s. What? And we bought it. And, again, so it goes back. So, it wasn't anything. So, Vatican II had a little bit to do with mm-hmm. it. Nothing, like, nothing within the church documents have said to take out your High Olders. Yeah. Nothing. Like that. There was a movement at that time called the Cursillo Movement. It's a more lay person movement. Oh, interesting. And the pastor at that time, and if I can quote him right, he said, we need to get rid of this eye, not eyesore, but something along the lines of mm-hmm. getting rid of the high altar and to keep the focus on the sacrifice of the mass. So you have that. Okay. But the one thing, like, the one thing I'll say, and a few of the priests have said, Father Jones, um, who's with um, Rishi and Osgood, uh, Osgood, one thing he said, because they added a high altar into Osgood, one thing he said was, our eyes during Mass were raised up. And back in those days, a lot of the people didn't know didn't know Latin because masses were in Latin. Yeah. Um, and they didn't know how to read. They didn't. So what did they do? They looked up. They looked at the high order. They looked at the statues. They looked at the paintings. Because the paintings, the stained glass windows, the statues told the story yeah. of our faith. Huh. It's not like they knew what was going on at mass, but they were able to get what the Bible told them through the paintings on the wall. Huh. That's one thing, like, I I hope, like, some of the paintings can come back. Yeah. Because he said, 
everything was whitewashed. Now your eyes, I mean, they're still up, but you're going to get easily distracted with everything else in the mess. Yeah. And it's, at least then you are meditating on something with the like spiritual the, yeah. life, the religious life. Oh. Yeah. I know. I could go it's on a rant a about all that for hours, but... And, two thinking those who made the decision, like, they probably thought that's the way people were going to go. Like, exactly. I don't think they expected those who are, like, our age to want the more traditional stuff. Exactly. So now, it does seem like such a shame, but I think they were just doing the best they could at that time. <laughs> yeah, there was, yeah, there was nothing. And it's, it just, it's a shame. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, it is. we've moved past it. Yes. <laughs> Recognize it should not have happened. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. like. There's nothing, I'm not shaming oh, the people no. behind no. it. That's something that, again, like you said, it was, they did what they thought was best. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they purposely did that to ruin people's faith. Mm-mm. That was, they. that's how things were at that time. 60s and 70s were a wild time. <laughs> Not just in the religion, uh, in our faith, but throughout the world. The world, yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff changed. So, I think we're, someone explained it, it's like a pendulum. You go from one extreme to the other, and it just takes time to go back and forth. Right now, we're on a pendulum where we are very traditional. Yep. But then you get the backlash of being too traditional, blah, blah, blah. So, that's, (laughs) we need to find that happy medium. Yeah. I think... If we had something to meditate on during Mass, like, meditating on the Mass is good. And if you can do that, good. I'm a person, I'm a squirrel, and I get distracted <laughs> like that, having those paintings. Or, look, just the stained glass windows. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be nice to have paintings, too. But I'll get what I, I, I should take what I have. Yeah. The stained glass but... windows tell those stories, too. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said about that, too. Yeah. And, huh. Learning so much. I didn't know some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I guess if there's one piece of advice you could give someone, and it can be anything you want to talk about, or it can be whatever, or if you have more to share about your project, whatever you want. <laughs> I, I guess um, the one thing I highly recommend, um, because I did it with, so some part of my background, we... My family really didn't go to Mass. Mm -hmm. So coming into the faith, like, I wanted to learn more. And that's something, like, obviously you want to learn more about your faith. Um, Like I said earlier, looking at all those, like, the paintings. Mm -hmm. If if your church has paintings. Look at the stained glass windows. Because they're either a biblical story, and you can learn a lot through the biblical stories. Or you can look at... um, um, the saints, like Saint um, Aloysius, has a bunch of saints. Yeah. A lot of the churches have saints in their um, stained glass windows, and those saints are they have stories, like stories that can apply to yeah our lives mm-hmm. somehow in some way, even though they lived a few hundred years ago or a thousand so on so forth years ago. Um, but just to sit there, I one thing I like doing, St. Bernard, with mm-hmm. the huge stained glass windows <laughs> up top. <laughs> yes. Um, 
just sitting there, like empty church, lights are on or it's daytime, just sitting there and looking at those stained glass windows, admiring yeah. the beauty of the churches of the churches we have in our area. Um, that and I guess it's always good to look. Um, at least if you're a historical person, look on the history of your faith. You never know. You might find that your great-grandfather built this church. Yes. Like, <laughs> especially our area, our area. It's a very close-knit area. Um, very family-oriented. And you'll realize um, that your grandparents built these churches or your grandparents helped donate the stained glass windows. And you learn that. And it just makes you admire the church buildings we do have. Yeah. It's so cool. My So my grandpa, one of them, both of them, actually used to work on the clocks at St. Henry. Really? Like, there's, if you look up at the clock at St. Henry, you can see a little door. Uh-huh. And they used to, like, go out that door and, like, work on the clock. And that just terrifies mm-hmm. me. But my dad even has stories of climbing up to the bell tower and all this stuff and uh-huh. i know our current priests have done it too uh-huh. um and i was like mm, doesn't sound like, doesn't sound like something i would like but it's just so cool to hear that it's like oh like my grandpa used to help with that or my grandpa did this or someone did that and just how we really came together as communities mm-hmm. to build these churches and just how lucky we are to have these churches like exactly. we could we could not have them Exactly. And not be blessed as we are. Exactly. The one thing, like, heading on that, like, I, like, when doing these histories, Mm -hmm. the one common factor with all of these churches is the precious blood. Not, so, like, we have the shrine still. The shrine was the precious blood um, convent. Something I never knew. There were seven different convents in our area. Oh. (laughs) Egypt. (laughs) Minster. Uh Uh-huh. Trinity, um, St. Henry, um, maybe there's only five. <laughs> I can't count. Um, there was one more church, but they all had different convents that had 30, 40 sisters in the convents at one time. And then you had St. Charles was mm-hmm. a seminary. Yep. St. Charles, they, <laughs> it's hard to believe, but they outgrew St. Charles at one point. They built St. Charles... <laughs> And it got so big in the 30s and 40s uh-huh. that they had to build, like, St. Bernard had a novitiate. It was a, where they spent time, a silent year, in a sense, to, before they took their final vows. Wow. And they had big, big churches in those, in that area. And that's something, like you said, I, I guess we take for granted that we have all these churches. Yeah. Like, we... There are countries that wish to have the church buildings we have. Mm-hmm. And I guess our area, being the land of the cross-tip churches, we just take that for granted. We don't, I guess, sit there and admire how lucky we are to have. And, like, to church. have churches so close to each other. Exactly. Where I'm, I can go five minutes and be at a different church. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I was in the city... I might have to drive a half hour, or if I was elsewhere, further than that. Exactly. And I guess to me, like, the, the churches have always just been a perk. Like, I don't know how I got lucky to be born here, mm-hmm. but I was. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And truly, too, the Archdiocese 
loves this area. Like, they like this area, too. Like, they're never... They know it's special. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. I... Yeah. I think it, it's just interesting. They... Just driving the around the one time, um, taking pictures of churches, I sat at the corner, um, middle of nowhere, and I just sat, like, stepped out of my car, and I counted seven churches. Like, so crazy. Like that. Yeah. You can't do that anywhere else. There's no way. There's no, no way. <laughs> like, yeah, I could, yeah. We take, a, take granted of these churches, and I think we got to support our churches, yes. Yeah. But we, we also have to admire it. Like, take, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here. We, we take a granted for the churches, but then, like, just to sit there and admire, I guess. Yeah. We, we drive past a church, there's nothing. But, like, in our, we think there's nothing. Mm-hmm. But that church, half of that was donated by your ancestors. Yeah. Like, just a, I, yeah, I, I don't know how, in my head, I think well, it should be taken, considered more. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, I don't think it is, and we love our churches, and that's great, mm-hmm. and we have such beautiful churches, and I think it's awesome what we have around here. Exactly. Um, and hopefully we'll continue to, we should, yeah, like you said, support your churches, mm-hmm. so they can be around here, um, <laughs> yeah. which they will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. And because we have such great communities around here. Uh, now, if we were in, like, a different place and we didn't have the people we had, I don't... Mm-hmm. It'd be like, I don't know, like, know. what's going to happen? But just the communities we live in and we're that are around here... Very generous. Very, yes. Like... Yes. Yeah. And it's all going to be good. Oh, yes. God's got I, us. God has <laughs> it. Yes. Well, awesome. So, I guess my last question is, I ask everyone this. Who's your favorite saint and why? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to do a little research on him. Um, the saint, like, I have, so Pope St. John Paul II, what, he's still one of my favorites, yes. My guy, yes. He's a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I was watching a movie as I was um, coming into the faith. It's called, um, I think, For Greater Glory. Um, it was a story um, um. about... Um, the 1920s in Mexico, um, okay. the Cristero Wars. Is what Never seen it. First, but... uh, <laughs> I was like, one... maybe I've seen that. I'm like, mm, I don't <laughs> no. think so. <laughs> so um, there was about 20 some saints that came out of this war. Wow. Um, because so to give a little history behind that um, kind of history. <laughs> um, so the Cristero War. Um, there was a president in Mexico that was trying to get rid of the Catholic Church at that point. Mm-hmm. He enforced all, um, enacted laws, enforced laws that would limit priests in the area in Mexico. Um, they had to either be moved or be executed. Wow. Um, so the Catholics at that point stood up. Um, and the saint, I, I really, they really portray in this movie, um, his name is, and I'm going to butcher it, St. Jose Luis Sanchez de Rio. He was a 15-year-old kid. Oh, wow. Um, when he was a troublemaker <laughs> before the war. And he did something. Um, I think he threw an egg at a priest. Just as, like, joke. <laughs> threw an egg. <laughs> threw an egg at a tr- priest. As a joke, his parents made him work um, 
work that off okay. at the church. And he really got into the faith. Um, at least that's how they portrayed it in the movie. Um, but then the war happened. He wanted to help with the war efforts. Um, and he, at that age, it was he was 14, 13, 14. Wow. Yeah. Um, anyways, I need to keep moving. Um, um, so he helped in the background, and then he eventually helped fight in the war. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was he, one of the so- other soldiers' horse was stabbed, killed, and um, Jose gave up his horse um, and hid. Well, Jose was captured, he was tortured, um, tried to um, renounce his faith. Um, apostasy is the word for that. Um, but with him, he didn't. Um, Vivo Cristo Rey is the big term Mexicans use, and they used at that point. Um, I don't know what's name. Um, the church really celebrates, and that's... they heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, he was tortured, and he didn't renounce his faith. Um, and so what they did is they cut the bottom of his feet, big lashes, paraded him around oh, town. Gosh to hopefully help get him to renounce his faith and he did it and ultimately killed him um but at that point i was 18 19 years old yeah like, to think a kid three years younger than me to do that like to me it was very inspiring yeah like, i that's we should all be i guess willing to die for our faith somehow mm-hmm. in some way um and it, to me, it was just very, very inspiring. Something to look yeah. up to. Like, any saints that way, but... Yeah, there's just some that, like, we find that are like, wow, like, that really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Like, a 15-year-old being like that. And it's like, I'm, for me, I'm like, I'm 29, and I'm like, if I had the bottom of my feet, like, they're going to cut my feet. Mm-hmm. I would love to say I would never renounce my faith, but, like... It, yeah. Never been in, in that position. I hope I'm never in that position. Lord, never. Please, please don't. But, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's just so inspiring, too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to share? or? Um, I, I, I think I hit it all. I think awesome. just look at the symbolisms. I think yeah. that will really help ignite anyone's faith is like to learn why we have this this little thing in our stained glass window why is that there yeah does it pertain to our faith awesome well thank you so much for being here today and coming on the podcast it was great speaking with you and thank you for having me yeah so glad yeah everyone so make sure you follow grant's page on facebook i'll put a little link in the show notes and in the episode details. So yeah, thanks for being here, Grant. We'll sign off. Mother Mary, pray for us.